एपिसोड ट्वेल्व विद जल्लीपल्ली शिवप्रिया सुमन वर्सेस Hello listeners today we have a wonderful personality with us she is a wonder woman indeed because not only helping many disabled people in the country for their jobs for their education and their uh, lifestyle she have worked with many ngos so let's welcome shivapriya good evening shivapriya welcome to my show suman versus human good evening suman good evening good morning everyone wherever you are all joining from and so nice to hear such a great introduction about myself i am just trying to help anyone who comes my way so yeah thanks for having me on the show shivapriya there is still so much to know about you and uh, i want you to open the book because i know you are a wonder woman so your journey was wonderful we want to know more and more details about you sure suman happy to share more about me so yes. would you like me to start with my journey suman no i have a question question number 1 sure sure what made you to think for people because generally today everyone are so eager about themselves my job my family my life but you are different for you first comes is others first comes is your community so you are helping the community so much that straight from education to their career and also also you are also developing their lifestyle so first tell me what made you to take that start it has been an involuntary uh, journey so far and maybe i would give the credit of thinking first about others to my family because since i was a child uh, i have been seeing my parents uh, helping others helping in the sense it can be as small as uh, lending a newspaper to a neighbor to apply for their job or it can be as big as lending gold for someone else's marriage so depends on the situation as to what the need is we were always uh, thankful that whichever <clears throat> most of the needs that came to us um, we were able to cater to so that we were always thankful about maybe i think uh, my thought process also started from uh, looking at my parents and that credit goes to them shivapriya tell me share something about the real time experience of working with an ngo because today see honestly <coughs> hundreds thousands of ngos coming up in the country every day 
most of them are indeed working really hard to get the change or you know making lives better i cannot say everyone are like that but there still there are few ngos they doesn't work at all now because you have seen so much when it comes to ngos and we want to know my listeners want to know more about the work experiences with ngo and the kind of work they do to the community to the society like any other field ngo field also has pros and cons i would say like there are uh, corporates or government uh, offices that also have uh, people who do not work much or who lack in processes rights so it's the same way with ngos if we uh, have a broader look at it right but ngo sector has been evolving and this is a boom period for uh, the organizations uh, that we are in currently and compared to corporates these might be lacking behind but uh, because this is the golden period they are also into implementing robust processes so that all the transactions starting from the start point to till the end point when i say start point uh, if we take the placement of a person with disability let's say the start point would be to talk to the person with disability and to get that person to the center a lot of times it can also be convincing the family to get them to the training center get them trained then uh, like skill them up then get them uh, clear the interview and then getting to the job and post job support like on the job also a lot of disabled might need support because uh, disability can vary uh, from person to person right if it is a person with visual impairment they might need support with screen readers if that is a person with uh, uh, who is deaf the person might need sign language interpretation or uh, text to speech uh, speech to sign language uh, softwares or to type in text whatever so whatever solution is needed at the workplace uh, also the ngos are helping with so because i have the background of uh, like um, working with persons with disabilities i'm focusing on that but otherwise if we see in india uh, ngos have been doing phenomenal work uh, these days especially from the past 10 15 years and robust processes are being put in place so that n- none of the resources are wasted but people still have uh, thing in, on their mind that uh, ngos really doesn't do much of the work and mo- most of the ngos uh, come into the market to eat up funds what do you say about it so like i was saying suman uh, we have like both kinds of uh, like uh, positives and negatives in all the sectors there are ngos that might be doing that as well but uh, i think the government is also working towards uh, making the regulations bit stringent and if we have such doubt like if as first person you are going to donate to an ngo and if you would like to verify maybe you can in person visit them and verify or talk to someone who has already donated like there are ways where that we can verify with this uh, suman if we are talking in first person and if you are talking in third person i don't think we need to bother much about it so 
I get emails every day. I get WhatsApp hmm. messages saying that we are an NGO okay. and uh, we need to feed forty students, forty odd students, and <clears throat> we are lacking funds. So please, yes, uh, donate and stuff like that. But it 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 becomes really yes. very hard for us to decide if this one is a genuine message. Is my money going for a genuine reasons or purposes, or I'm going to be a hunt of uh, spammers? Yeah, yeah. Here, maybe I can give you an example of like uh, how I dealt with this situation once. So we we get uh, we to get these messages on a daily basis, and if that is within our city like once there was an ngo that was within uh, the city i live in and they were uh, pulling funds uh, because they did not have funding during corona to feed the children uh, in the ngo so that's a ngo that works for orphan ch- orphan children and um, what we did is uh, we did not donate right away because we also had such doubt what we did is during the weekend we visited the place and checked if the ngo actually exists and if the kids are there and then what we try to do is give the uh, donation in kind so uh, in our case children needed food at that time and food was something that the ngo was also asking for so we tried to get some uh, offer food to them uh, that day and also get some provisions for the ngo and uh, we we were there when the food is served and the children had it i understand that this might not be a possibility for all of us because we might get requests from like different locations even if it is different locations and we are very much interested to do this maybe we can stick to uh, contributing to one ngo like after verification that's what um, i have been following in another case which has been helping me because if we are sticking to one particular ngo we are constantly in touch with what's happening in the organization and the management is also constantly in touch with us so like uh, these are all workarounds i understand but um, we have to cope up with the contemporary uh, world right but i don't understand Uh, why governments do not uh, provide any financial support to NGOs? Because why an NGO needs to beg around people for money or for funds? Uh, so government has certain requirements uh, as per their uh, uh, regulations, right? Or uh, even if the NGO need to have ATG, they have to have uh, run business for this particular period of time and all that. Sorry, are on the transactions for this particular period of time. So maybe based on um, those things, the government looks at, and even the NGOs, if we see, it's been very difficult for them. Like I am just talking more about the positive edge of NGO, where the founders really want to uh, work for the cause, but are struggling to get resources, yeah. right? Yeah. So in the initial stages, uh, I was uh, advising an NGO based in Mangalore, and uh, a couple started it for persons with visual impairment, and they have struggled a lot to put the core team together, core team to discuss as to. uh what needs to be like the with the regulations and if at all there is a um, 
RFP coming up, how to fill up the RFP and all that documentation work and all that. So they it took them like almost four to five months to put the core team together to discuss on this and then uh, go ahead with the activities. Even after that, they did not have a place to start the training. So even if there is strong intention, NGOs also have this problem of pooling resources and uh, like going to government at that point of time might not be the first choice because uh, they do not have an ATG uh, this thing. So firstly, they have to get the ATG and for any government grant, uh, I think there, there are some um, criteria that needs to be met. So and um, a lot of us have this opinion that dealing with government might take some time uh, compared to uh, other organizations. My dear listeners, there are so many NGOs in the world who really are doing fantastic work to uplift the community. But the problem here is money. Because unless they have sufficient funding, they cannot go forward to help the society. Since there is not much support from government, NGOs reach out to people for donations. When you come across any such promos or event, I request you all to kindly, with an open heart, please make some contribution so that you will be a part of a beautiful journey in uplifting the society. Shivapriya, you spoke about visual impairment. You are also a visually impaired person, right? Yes, Suman. How did you start this journey? To be honest, the journey has started uh, with my parents and not with me. So I was diagnosed disabled um, when I was two and a half years old, I wouldn't say disabled. I would say a person with visual impairment when I was two and a half years old. However, uh, doctors were uh, just able to identify the visual impairment, but not the cause of visual impairment. By that time, we did not have so much of, um, you know, technology to uh, identify the cause. Um, but my parents took a bold step to admit me into a regular school uh, and like I have studied like I have done all my education in a regular school college and even my chartered accountancy I have studied using a magnification device um, just to give some context I'm a person with low vision who can read uh, bolder text maybe text around uh, 18 to 24 font or so so that was the font size with which I was reading. Uh, I was studying for my chartered accountancy also. And all the while, I must say, um, people have been really helpful. And like family has been the backbone, of course. So after the chartered accountancy, uh, after clearing my uh, CA inter, uh, which is the second stage of chartered accountancy, uh, I had this question popping up in my mind always. Okay, what is it I'm going to do? 
after my chartered accountancy <laughs> because by that time i was not aware of any screen readers i was studying using hand magnifiers or electronic magnifiers or my learning used to happen mostly from the other children in the class uh, reading things aloud by the time they read it 10 times i would have grasped it long back so that that was how i was coping up with my studies so this question was always there in my mind what am i going to do after this but then i wanted to uh, give my uh, complete my ca final as well which is why i went ahead and uh, attempted twice for it so after attempting it twice i felt uh, it has been so long that i have been studying for ca and now it's time i go out and uh, look for some opportunities so i thought i'll take some time and uh, i have started searching for someone who ha- who is a person with visual impairment and who has uh, done their chartered accountancy at that time we found someone called uh, rajini gopalakrishnan she was the first chartered accountant first female chartered accountant who passed out in uh, 90s so uh, uh, we uh, tried uh, to question a question so first yes. blind chartered accountant or first, yes. first woman woman chartered sorry accountant. sorry yeah the, she was the first female visually impaired chartered accountant okay okay yeah yes yes so we tried to get in touch with her um, and uh, visited her once when she told us about uh, an organization in bangalore which is called enable india that uh, trains people with uh, visual impairment the next step was obviously to go to the organization and like learn the screen readers and all that so once i uh, stepped into enable india it has been a phenomenal journey over there starting from learning screen readers to teaching screen readers to training people on their communication to preparing resumes to building a community for dance what not uh, to attend like uh, to facilitate workshops in corporates to make few atms accessible to work on a um, low vision writing guide what not it has been a phenomenal journey post which uh, i had taken up an opportunity with uh, deloitte as an audit assistant for a fixed term so after deloitte uh, so all this was happening in bangalore and my residence is in hyderabad so i wanted to come back to hyderabad to live with the family so uh, i have quit deloitte and come back to hyderabad and started looking for opportunities in uh, social sector i was seeing more connected to the social work compared to my corporate career so this was like uh, attracting me so i started for looking for uh, a placement in hyderabad where i met a placement officer from one of the organizations who has been helping me like uh, with the vacancies and the first vacancy he told me was the first interview i attended and that's where that's what i cleared and um, through which i have worked uh, as center in charge for persons with uh, first for the center for visual impairment uh, for youth for jobs foundation and the phenomenal uh, the journey has been phenomenal again there as well uh, one thing i would like to 
quote here about ngos is that the growth opportunities are not hierarchical if you are good you can quickly climb up the ladder um the, your experience doesn't matter so youth for jobs is one such ngo who who works um up, who does what they talk so yeah so it was a phenomenal journey to build the center um from the scratch to or uh, sending the students to a government examination and to um get 100% result in every exam they attended uh, still i was there so so yeah and post that um corona has happened okay before corona i happened to uh, apply for a fellowship twice uh, that is to work with government school children so this assignment is to teach the children or maybe spend time with children to help them understand what is not in their books it can be about the environment it can be about uh, different countries in the world different different technologies that are coming up today to introduce them to new things right yeah. so i got an opportunity that year like after working for a uh, few years in youth for jobs once i got a call saying um, if you can shift to bangalore so this uh, fellowship was in bangalore mm-hmm. so if you can shift to bangalore we are happy to take you as a fellow so that's where i quit my uh, job and moved to bangalore again stayed there for a year and then corona happened once the fellowship is over i was back in hyderabad and then continued my journey where i was looking for remote opportunities obviously because of corona and i took up an opportunity with uh, barrier break private limited priya now tell me you said uh, you joined enable india and enable india is in bangalore yes right so yes since you were you were blind experience was new that time so no doubt your yeah. parents might be so worried about you tell me ah uh, yes your experience of being alone and away from your parents during that particular time when you were in uh, enable india staying away from my parents first happened actually uh, in uh, 2008 uh, when i went to nivh uh, this is national institute for visually handicapped for a training that teaches us mobility so how can a visually impaired person uh, navigate around without someone's uh, assistance and what are the clues we need to look for for example the institute used to have a, a beep sound for the um, incoming visually impaired or the outgoing visually impaired to identify the entrance so and so those are some clues that we can look for right so these were all taught in a training there which i went through and the first day if i like go back and think of it it was so what it was so scary i would say because that was the first time i was away from my family secondly uh, we reached there by night and i had to stay in hostel there i did not know anyone around and i did not know the language as well mm. so 
so it was so scary even for my um, mom and my brother to leave me there but they took a chance and like because i was very strong about uh, going out staying alone and being independent uh, they wanted to give me a chance and they dropped me there and went so uh slowly people like friends there have started uh teaching me their language uh after the classes that happen in the morning so it's the it's the bond between people that matters i would say uh suban like yes. along with the skill set it's the bond because my friends started teaching me language because they were afraid that i might not be able to communicate with them once i'm back home mm-hmm. so uh, this bond has been a very very vital thing all through my journey bonding with the people so what exactly is barrier break and uh, how uh, this job is contributing towards barrier break barrier break as the name says it works to ba- break the barriers for persons with disabilities and what it, the company does is to make the digital assets accessible for everyone uh, earlier we did not have uh, so many compliances or so many corporates were not interested in hiring people with disabilities which is why there was no question of asking to make something accessible but these days a lot of disabled workforce is building corporates are in need of uh, making their ass- digital assets accessible along with their workplace infrastructure and the government is also uh, coming up with compliances where the digital assets have to be accessible to everyone so accessibility is what we do what we uh, create bug reports or audit reports based on the client requirements um and also provide a uh, remediation for them for example if there is a web page that cannot be read by a person with visual impairment there is some code in it that is blocking the screen reader from reading the web page what we do is we work with the developer or the client team to uh correct that code on the web page so that it is readable to screen readers not only screen readers we we consider all the disabilities this was a example i was giving you yeah. we also work with documents or uh, it's not it's not that we are limited to only web pages we work uh, for mobile accessibility we work for uh, accessibility of web pages on uh, uh, i uh, apple devices we also work for uh, document accessibility so you mentioned generally people won't employ people with disability much right so why why today you know not everyone are coming forward to employ people with disabilities i was mentioning about uh, the situation few years back suman even now uh, there are very few people who are aware of people with disabilities and the challenges they face so awareness is what is important be it in social spaces or the uh, professional spaces or the educational spaces if people come across a person with disability 
I have really not uh, like in my journey so far I have not uh, come across someone who were rude to me knowing I was a person with disability right so people try to understand if we can help them understand so yeah like it's not it's not one way like i would like to uh, say this to persons with disabilities who are listening to the podcast as well so let us also be inclusive in talking to people helping them understand let us not assume that everyone knows about disability or everyone themselves have to know about disability right even for us it it has been a lot of people helping us learn a lot of things to uh, go ahead with our journey so let us also help them learn about us so that's what uh, i i have been doing and that that's what has been helping me all the while tell me about your family priya so my family is a small nuclear family of my father was a, a business person in a small town called nellore uh, he was working abroad before marriage but later on uh, uh, we like my mom and dad did not want to uh, you know live in a different country and all that so they have uh, built a home in nellore itself and uh, we were brought up in nellore mm, mom and dad have always been my backbone uh, and like from my childhood and now my brother is being my backbone who could uh, put together his courage to to help his uh, visually impaired sister uh, go ahead with her education like after my parents passed away is when i have started studying for chartered accountancy by that time we did not have uh, a source of income i would say because my brother was also into his btech uh, still not passed out of btech and i had just completed my plus 2 imagine a, a, a young person who was in his 20s uh, trying to take the responsibility of his sister who is visually impaired helping her all the way to make her independent where she is able to help you know a lot other uh, people from the community i would like to salute my brother honestly more than no i wouldn't say more than my parents but parents are still like they take the responsibility uh, they they feel children as their own you know uh, their own part but i would like from my story at least i would request the siblings of persons with disability i know a lot of them who have been so much supportive but i know a few of them who who if are bit more supportive uh, the the disabled can uh, progress a lot uh, lot more in their life so i would request um, the listeners for that and i salute my brother for what he has been supporting me with so how old were you when you lost your parents priya i was 17 uh, suman when i lost my father and uh, when i lost my mom i was 19 in such a young age it would have been very tough for you to handle everything right it was indeed uh, 
we 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 still keep thanking god that uh, we me and my brother were at least there to you know uh, uh, support each other to cope up with things at that time we have seen people like even the extended family um, i do not want to like point out anyone but uh, nothing can change what we feel right <laughs> so what i have seen from the extended family is um, they offer us a, a visiting car to you know call up or uh, inform them if we need anything and we, uh, only me and my brother were the ones left in the family when my mom uh, also passed away so that that was the uh, situations we saw so yeah and i am sure those visiting cards was of never used never any use yeah yeah i salute you for the determination what you had priya now we are coming to the most important part that i have this question for all my guests coming on the show so you have to answer this and there is no option of saying no priya okay. tell me if you have all the powers in your hands if you have all the superpowers with you so what is that one thing you want to change in this country okay ah uh, <laughs> this is a big question suman <laughs> but uh, you have to answer maybe i would um... i'm not sure because like i have a problem with these uh, regulations and the organization system that we have but in some way i'll try to uh, get people with different requirements together it it can be a small requirement of needing books or a uniform for school i'm not talking just about persons with disabilities anyone with need there are like lacks of people who need a lot of things at different points of time it can be just a word of counseling also so i wish i i can reach a lot of people who need help at the right time and be able to cater to their need because i believe this will go a long way a help we receive from someone will go a long way will imbibe the thought of we also being helpful to others and uh, i have seen that all my uh, in all my journey so maybe i'll try doing this in a big way uh, suman you're already doing this and for sure you will continue doing this thank you so much suman it was awesome having you on my show priya thank you so much for giving me this wonderful opportunity to interview you Thanks so much thanks so much for having me on the show So my dear listeners this was uh, Shiva Priya I hope you had a, a wonderful time listening to her like share and follow me if you have not done yet Thank you for listening